Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hi, Scott. How you doing, Mark? Good. So I got to thinking about the uh, one of the podcasts that we've done recently, the Why Keep It a Secret, I think, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that and a couple of recent comments during sermons at church have got me uh, kind of wanting to talk a little bit about what our life has been like uh, since leaving followers. Um, okay. Well, I got to ask you about that. I mean, did I say something? At- <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. That's what my wife says sometimes. Well, She's like, "Oh, yeah, you did." <laughs> no one of the one of the comments that you made um, was this Sunday about. Um, trusting in Jesus and letting the chips fall where they may. I, I sometimes, um, I think I try to control where every chip lands all the time. And, oh, okay. Um, and I think sometimes that can be a sign that I'm not completely trusting Jesus, I guess. Okay. So, Probably letting chips fall is not exactly a trusting Jesus kind of metaphor, but well, <laughs> nonetheless, that's my, yeah. that's on me. And I, <laughs> but, but the, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. Trust Jesus for the results. We, yes. Um, that would be better. That would be much more spiritual if I said it that way. But anyway, sorry well, for the, it, it may, it got me thinking whatever it was. It so got what, me. what was it that the, why keep, why keep it a secret episode makes you think about when to talk about yeah nowadays. yeah so it's it's a little bit hard to explain but i'm going to give it a try we, i just have some i just have some anxiety like some re- residual anxiety left in my about how to talk about these things i oh sure i went to followers for 45 years and um i just keep finding things that i struggle to talk about and that I worry about talking about. And, and when we were talking about in the, why keep it a secret episode, that if you have this, this amazing gift, if you are the one right place, if you are God's chosen people, then why would you hide that? Why would you not share that with others? And I kind of realized that um, out of a little bit of fear. I'm, I feel like I'm still hiding. Oh, you're still that. doing some of yeah. that. That's what, yeah. okay. That's where that yeah. connected. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it's challenging because, um, there is, there's a lot of separation. We've talked about the, the families that are split apart, the, uh, we've experienced that. Uh, so it, it's really challenging to talk about joy in your life without being afraid that, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings or you're going, they're going to think that we don't need them in our lives to have joy. Uh, it's, we just mm-hmm. worry about all these kinds of things. Um, I don't know if that makes sense unless you're going through it, but well, I'm sure it makes more sense if you're going through it, but no, it does make sense that, I mean, I, if somebody loves you, 
you know, you would hope that they would be happier with you than without you. Right. Which is, uh, that's why you're worried about talking about it, right? Yes. It's because it sounds like you're happier now than you were then. Right. But it really has nothing to do. No. In fact, it's, that's like the biggest damper on your right. happiness probably. Right. Is uh, the fact that they're not in your life right now. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's that part of it. There's the um, part of it where if we're talking about the things that we're doing now, it it can just sound like we're bragging about all the things that we're doing now. And and that's really I, I definitely don't want this to come across as that at all. We take no credit for the good things in our life. I mean, we give mm-hmm. We give the credit to the Lord for that completely, but there's just a there's just a freedom that we have now to do so many of the things that I had wanted to do. Those three years that I was had come to faith in Jesus, but was you were hanging around still yeah. there at followers, and uh, there is something really joyful, even through the pain. There is something really joyful about having that freedom. Well, I think that the freedom is, I mean, that's worth kind of establishing that as the benchmark for the thing that gives you the happiness. Right. You know, in some respect, it's the freedom that you have because of Christ that gives you the happiness, not freedom from the people that you love, not freedom, not any of that, but it's just, and I think that if you've never had freedom, you don't know the joy that comes with that. Right. Right. And so I'm glad I'm glad that you do, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I uh, I I'll do what I can to not uh, to help you not sound like you're bragging. Yeah. Like I'll you know make fun of you or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> Shouldn't be too hard, but well, yeah. No, I I think I I just wanted to talk about the fact that growing up there, we were told everything outside of there was worldly. And we've talked about that on this before. Mm-hmm. Worldly, we really didn't define it the same way at followers as we did, as you do in the Bible. Right. As, but but we didn't know that. We It really just became everything outside of followers is worldly. And uh, Yeah, which is an interesting thing to me, yeah. from my perspective, that, that church is worldly, that... Yep. Um, you know, the other, that reading your Bible or having, or you know, or baptism or yeah. communion or the things that you do in the church could yeah. potentially be worldly is not even, yeah that would never even cross my mind. Yeah, and, and to clarify, like reading your Bible, I don't think they would consider worldly, but they, but they warned you about it. Don't do it too much. Don't get, you'll get exalted if you do it too much. Um, but... But Bible studies, getting together without a called man, without leadership to go over that Bible study with you and tell you what it really is saying, that um, at one point somebody brought it up and said that to a guy who was doing Bible studies just with his family, um, he said that when when people do that, get together, some, some bad ideas can come out of that, which is probably true, but he said that getting together and doing that, it has the appearance of evil. And I, 
I asked some questions, but I never could figure out how they were making that connection. But it really was just that it was not what we were doing at followers. It was something different. It wasn't the status quo. It was outside the status quo is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that, that alone made it worldly by our definition. Mm. And so we just, um, we're told a lot of things about what life was like outside. And after being gone four years now from there, uh, just if anybody is there listening to this, I just want them to know that that is not the case. Like we've seen the outside now we've seen it for four years. We didn't, nobody just tricked us for real quickly. I mean, we've lived this for yeah, four it's years. Not, it's not some smoke screen or no. some mirage. The mirage would have gone long ago. Right. It's now you, can see what the outside is like. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I think, I mean, some of those things that we do have the freedom to do now, um, Bible studies, you mentioned communion, baptisms, to, to witness baptisms is amazing. Um, to take part in communion, or we, at followers, we called it the supper, the Lord's sure. Supper, sure. same thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something I hope I never take for granted again because we we do that once a month here at New Life and you didn't uh, take it for granted before, did you? I d- I've never done it before. Okay, I, yeah, I didn't think that you had no, taken it for granted. Well, in a way, when you when you say that it's not necessary for you, um, that's that's kind of the that's worst. A different way of taking it, it yeah. for granted, I suppose. It's like not important. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I would love for people to get to experience that. I mean, okay. part of, like you said earlier, what brings so much joy to that is the freedom that you already have in Christ. It's not something that's literally happening at that moment, but you're you're experiencing and you're remembering what Jesus has done for you there and um, doing it in the way that he had set up is, yeah, it's just something that... Um, I just want more people to experience from there and see that it's not uh, this worldly thing. Um, what else did I have in that? Uh, oh, just hearing the Word of God preached every Sunday is, I didn't hear it for 45 years. and That's hard for me to imagine. Yeah. Actually, I mean, yeah, um, I, I, I can imagine, you know, churches with sermons that are, about something else mm-hmm. and may have like a Bible verse sprinkled in there, but you didn't even have that, did you? Yeah. Well, when I, we had a little, when I was 11 was when the last person, uh, the last elder there died okay. when I was 11. And I, I was just too young really to remember. I know he did teach from the Bible, Okay, but um, yeah. So it's, but hearing the word preached, and then the way we were told everybody else in the world was compared to us is another thing that uh, I would like to break that myth here too, if I could, because we we were just told that everybody outside of this church is just, they're just looking out for number one. They don't care about anybody else. It's just them. And they'll, you won't have anybody if you leave here, basically, Okay, is is what you're told. And I do think that that is a fear 
kind of a fear tactic to make you afraid of leaving. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they that fear tactic has been used on them for generations. So I think that they believe it too. Well, I think some of what you're what you're getting at with the whole this whole conversation is that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you don't know that there are going to be people, you know, somewhere else that will love you or people somewhere else that can come alongside or people somewhere else that without having to do anything, you can just be loved. And that's, I mean, because I'm sure there are people who would leave and not find anybody. I mean, I I can imagine that being a thing, but... Yeah. Um, but to say that that's the normal case, I think would be, you'd be hard pressed to say that probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely found the opposite to be true since we, I mean, the love that we felt immediately um, walking into other churches for the first time and pe- being introduced by friends to someone and having them say, oh, we've been praying for you for, it was like, well, that doesn't sound like someone who's just looking out for number one, you know, that oh, yeah. so we, they just had, we just had this connection with people immediately and it felt like unconditional love. Like we didn't have to do anything to earn it. Um, where I just felt like most of my life, you have to behave in a certain way to earn people's love basically is what I felt like. And to be fair, and other people had to behave in a certain way to earn my love too. Like I was guilty of the same thing. Um, so I think the unconditional love has been something that, that was a huge um, blessing for us to find. And then another thing I noticed when you are having the, the hard times, when you're struggling, the difference, the freedom that you have I don't know if freedom's the right word, but the you can you have people you can go to that will help you instead of the burden that I felt to always have to act like I had it everything all together. Like I just felt like I had to appear like everything was good all the time. And I I don't feel that anymore. Like it's I don't know if that's freedom, but it's certainly not pressure. Right. Because you do feel a pressure when you've got to have it all together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's... And then probably the, uh, the part that I'm afraid will sound like bragging is just in the different ways that, that people are serving now. Well, why, uh, why do you want to talk about that, though? I mean, what? Because yeah. s- service is not something you, you brag about. If you're like a right. servant <laughs> or a slave, that's like not a high position necessarily. Right. Um, so I think, how do you explain this? So bragging about all the good things that you've done. So if you followers was a works-based salvation thing. So if you're listing off the good things that you're doing, if you do it right, you get other people to list off the good things that you're doing for you so that you don't have to brag about it. You let other people brag on you. And, but, so you want me to, you no, want no. me to go for you here? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> see how hard this is to explain. Uh, no, I, 
I think that I spent most of my life trying to build a resume, trying to. That's uh, actually a good way to say it. I yeah. think you know because yeah. that's not what's happening now. No, no. Uh, I just uh, anybody who is still at followers who might be listening to this, they're going to remember me at followers, and I, I just want to make sure that that's not what I'm doing because that is what I would have done before. Okay. So. What I see that happened is that the Lord called people to faith in Jesus who were at followers, and almost almost 300 of those people have left followers in the last several years, mm-hmm. and now those people have been spread out into the community. They've uh, they're affecting other churches. They are leading children's ministries. They are leading worship at church. The, um, there are mission trips that people are going on. A friend of mine was just in Africa. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and that's not something you would have done before? Oh, never, never. It's, no, it's unheard of, really. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, but, I mean, there were people who traveled abroad there there were very few people who traveled abroad at all okay like and at least for me my family would have had bad things to say about those people so that was not considered a privilege to do that necessarily no, no and they weren't and, and they weren't traveling abroad to spread the gospel they were well, traveling certainly. abroad for vacation yeah but but that was no they they shouldn't have been they didn't that was excessive they didn't need to be doing that kind of thing so uh, it's just very, everything, like I said, it, f- the word freedom just keeps coming to mind. Like mm-hmm. there's, there just is this, but, um, Cindy and I have been serving with Johnny and friends. Um, they help families who are affected by disability. And, uh, we had a fundraiser this last summer that, uh, because of the work that the Lord has done, like I just talked about spread all these people out into these communities. When we came back together, there were over 30 churches between just people we knew, and there were over 30 churches represented at this fundraiser in Canby, Oregon. That's quite a few. Yeah, so it's, it's certainly not something that I, I want to sound like I'm bragging about, but I do want people to know, I do want people to see the good that the Lord is doing, not that we're doing, but that the Lord is doing through all the people that he has brought to faith in Jesus. And I think there's, you know, there is a certain, you use the word freedom, there's a certain joy Mm -hmm. in doing something and uh, having it uh, bear fruit, having it be uh, useful in the life of other people, yeah. having it, having you know, knowing that the Lord is doing something because uh, you showed up, and um, that's just a that's a happy thing. And I think that's yeah. what you're trying to get at. It is, is not that it's oh look, look at us kind of a thing, but it's just a happy thing. Yeah, and so that's what you want to communicate. Yeah, is invite other people into the happiness. Really, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we. I mean, I won't speak for anybody else doing this, but for me going into a thing like Johnny and Friends or a camp like that, I went in terrified. I was... 
I was scared. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was scared to death of it. Cindy, well, she jumped right in, but I was, she went the first year without me even. But uh, it is, it's amazing to, to you, what you're saying about how you see the joy of others and you see people serving these families and these families serving each other and all of this being done in the love of Christ is it's amazing to get to see. And I would love it if more people could see uh, that kind of stuff. Well, the thing that was so great was just that, yeah, people were being loved and it was real obvious. And that's a, again, a happy thing. And I guess if you can, um, by talking about it, invite other people to say, you know what, there might be a happier way. Yeah. That's really something to, to give some serious consideration to. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then I think, I mean, these are kind of the practical things that, that we've gotten to be a part of, that we've gotten to, to serve in these ways. But the, the number one thing that has been the difference in my life is getting to know and follow Jesus. I mean, the, the things that you get from that are so much more than just the day-to-day practical things. When you think about, I mean, some of the question would be, you know, would you go back? Well, you know, if you had to give up, I don't know, children's ministry or a home group or something, mm-hmm. you might be coerced to do that. But yeah. I think you'd probably say it differently when you, if you were forced to give up Jesus, you might, that might yeah. be a different story. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to even imagine uh, thinking about going back, but you're right. And I, I don't, the, the thing is, is at fall, I have a lot of friends there still who, who um, do put their faith in Jesus or they profess to at least. Right. I, I mean, uh, the same as I do, but there's just a difference in our daily life and just in my own heart, I know there's a difference obediently following him rather than when in those three years that I was still there making excuses for why I couldn't do these things. Well, well, the thing is that you were talking about freedom. I mean, you have freedom when you're not trying to straddle two worlds, when you're trying to ride two horses at the same time, you don't have freedom. You know, you don't have freedom to, to go where you need to go on those horses. It's all right. you can do to You're stay just hanging on. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. But um, a few of the verses that I thought about, um, the number one thing that I think of first is in Romans 5, that, that, we, that I have peace with God because I, I know myself. I know what I was guilty of. I know that I was trying to earn my way in spite of all the sin that I had in my life. I was trying to earn my way and find forgiveness from God. And now I read that because of what Jesus does has done and because I put my trust in him, I have peace with God. That, And you can never be sure of that before. 
No. No. You know, you could always, you could try and try and try yeah. and never be certain that ultimately you had peace with God. Yeah. No, that's, that's, we talked about a little bit, the, the, the men and women who I thought did the best job of being followers their whole life laid on their deathbed wondering if they had done enough. And it terrified me. And I thought, mm. if, if they haven't, what chance do I have is what I thought. And um, anyway, that, that peace with God from Romans uh, 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that faith in him, I mean, that, that's priceless. Like you said, no, I would, I would never go back to anything other than mm-hmm. that. If I had to give up all those other things, sure, uh, but not that. Um, to be called a child of God is something that, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this just goes away with people over time, but reading that you're a child of God, it, it has an impact on me every time I read that, that you are a child of God. Did is, you not use that kind of language before? No, no, it, it really was, um, it really was all about you were born in the right place. That, mm. that's what, um, yeah. And again, it's not the same for everybody. I'm not saying that was everybody's experience sure. there, but in, in my life, it was, yeah, Jesus just wasn't a part of it for me. It was just a well, historical. You know, John one twelve says that for as many as receive him to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. And the the fact that you don't earn it, but you believe in him, and, yeah. and he essentially stamps you with, you know, you're the child of God. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. I know. I know. And it's not, it's not because you did something good. You know, you, you well, read that also in Romans that while it was while we were still sinners that Christ died for right. us. It's, or first yeah. John three, behold, what manner of love the father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And that's yeah. what we are. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the kind of love that God has given to us. Yeah. See, those are the things that you can't, you, you just can't get over and can't go back on, really. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about freedom, too, or a lot about freedom, but um, Romans eight fourteen to 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And that those verses, uh, spirit of slavery and fear, I mean, I just, that was just, you remember my, those. That, yes, that was my, yeah. I mean, I came to realize those. I think I grew up most of my life, not even realizing that, that I, that oh, I was wow. enslaved. But, uh, but once I, 
yeah, once I realized that I had a problem, that I that I had this sin nature that I had, and and then this system that I was in, these traditions that I had to apply, that became slavery. The inability to go do something else was fear. It was. Gotcha. It it just became super clear to me that I was not experiencing these verses. I was not um, experiencing the life of a child of God. It was I just wasn't. But um, but First uh, Peter chapter two nine and ten says, "But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation." a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the that calling was what I felt like I experienced, was just being... <laughs> When I wasn't looking for it, when I th- thought I was going to make my own way, I received this and was given the right. I was made. Um, well, you were given a new identity. That's yeah. what this says. You're, yeah. you know, you belong to a chosen race, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Yeah, you belong to the Lord. You're God's people. Yeah, you've received mercy. All those things are identity. Yeah, based. And so instead of finding your identity and where you were born or what you grew up with. Mm-hmm. You found your identity in the person of Christ and his love for you. Yeah. Which is much, there's much more freedom in yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And then when you stop putting your trust in yourself to earn God's forgiveness or to gain something from him somehow, um, and you put your trust in Jesus, and you become a child of God, the, the assurance that you get, the assurance of your salvation, that, that God is not—you've you, become a child of God. He is not going to kick out one of his children. You, the work of Jesus sustains you to the end, and you don't—I I will never— uh, Lord willing, I will never have to worry if I have done enough ever again. Like I, I had to experience that fear of watching others do that. Just wonder if they've done enough. I just, I know that I trust Jesus, and I know that He's done enough, and I, I will never have to wonder if I've and, done enough. Yeah, and you didn't do enough you to get in and you no. don't ha- you won't do enough to yeah. stay in either. Yeah. Right. Yeah, part of it that that's it's I just thought of it that way is I know that I haven't done enough. I, I know that I never could have done enough. But I trust Jesus has mm-hmm. and and that's I got that stamp like he said. It's sufficient. I, yeah. I, that is sufficient for me. So So I hope that this is sort of um, shines some you know, shines some light on and on what it's like on the outside. I suppose that's kind of what you're hoping to do, right? Is yeah, yeah. yeah I want people to see that um, 
Well, like you said, you, you don't know what you don't know. And it's so hard to make this transition because people made this transition before me. And I heard them talking to me about, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember when I used to think that. You know, I think we've talked about this before. The, did that it, make it easier or harder? It made it that, harder. Did it really? It, well, The people it, were, came, did it in front of you? Oh, make, no. Oh, okay. No, no. That made it way easier. Okay. Yeah, no, that made it what easier. What was it that made it harder then? I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what made it harder was my own pride and listening. And I took it when someone was saying, I know, I remember when I used to think that you'll get there, you know, you'll. When I was a knucklehead like you? Yeah, I took uh, that okay. as being condescending. I took, uh, my pride was in the way. I just, um. I didn't want to hear that anybody knew anything that I didn't know. And, uh, but, so I want to make sure that I'm not, sounding like that at all either. I just want to like shine a light into an area that was dark for my whole life. Like it, mm -hmm. that's it. I just want to turn the lights on, on the outside of the just building. Turn the lights and, on. That's, that's yeah. simple and perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it was kind of the approach that Jesus took too, when he was calling his first disciples and, uh, it was it was Philip and Nathaniel. You can read about it in John, uh, first chapter. I, yeah, first chapter of John, when he calls Philip. Philip goes and finds Nathaniel. Some of the other uh, disciples had already asked him, uh, Rabbi, where are you staying? And Jesus says, Come and see. And Philip goes and tells Nathaniel that we've found the one Moses was talking about. We found Jesus of Nazareth and. Uh, and Nathaniel asks the question about it, and Philip says, "Come and see." And that's what—that's really what I want to say on this podcast is: I, if if you have any questions about where you are or what it's like outside, just try, like, take that step of faith and come and see, because it's it's much much different than we were always told that it was. So, well, good. I'm uh, I'm glad it is. Yeah, I guess because I've never been on the inside, right? <laughs> right. So uh, I'm gl I'm glad there's uh, for you there's freedom and uh, joy yeah. on the outside. Yeah, there is, and, and there's there's pain. There there is there's mm -hmm. tremendous pain, but um, I, I trust Jesus with that too. I trust that um, exactly all things will be be made right, and that uh, He will continue to draw people um, out of, what, what did it say in First Peter, when he calls people out of darkness into his marvelous, into his light. marvelous light. So um, the hymn that I thought uh, we would talk about, you actually mentioned it when we were talking about this ahead of time, and uh, Blessed Assurance was one we would sing a lot. Okay. And me, I, too, me too. You too, me good, too, so. good. You know. <laughs> Always makes me feel good when there's this common ground that I'm not so out of the ordinary, I guess. No. But um, yeah, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine! Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song praising my Savior all the day long. And that talks about the, the heir of salvation. Um, it's just that 
being a child of God gives you that assurance and and being washed in his blood rather than earning some kind of favor somehow. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's the only way. And um, yeah, it was ironic that I thought that we would even sing this song when, when we didn't believe in assurance of salvation. Well, and I just, I just, since I've sung the song too, mm-hmm. I mean, the last verse, I mean, perfect yeah. submission, all is at rest. All yes. is at rest. Yeah. See, I think that that freedom you were talking about and yeah. Uh, I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Yeah. I mean, that's really what you're, um, that's kind of the, the light you're hoping people will see. Yes. Is that there's a rest Yeah, uh, that you don't experience when you have to earn your own way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not as dark as we were always told. So, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, yeah. So just come and see. It's good advice. <laughs> Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.